0: Good evening. I'd like to join, the, join Brian and welcoming everybody tonight. Um, consider it a, a true pleasure to come before y'all this evening and share a portion of God's Word. Hopefully the things that I have to say <clears throat> will be beneficial uh, in some way. Nothing that I have to say tonight is new, but it's things that we need to be reminded of. Um, The world's in a dangerous situation in our current day. Everywhere we look, we see our beliefs, our principles, our ethical standards being pushed aside and belittled by the world. In my honest opinion, Satan is stronger today than he ever has been in times past. We can see the evilness running amok everywhere we look. We see everything from the sanctity of marriage to even life itself being disregarded so that evil can run free. Throughout the United States, we are seeing a number of different movements going through our communities, through our schools, through our colleges, that are striving to inhibit the sanctity of the church and the freedoms that we have of speaking the word. In the recent weeks, We've seen the situation in Israel. And these movements have been amplified throughout, our, throughout the communities to a dangerous level. And they're by and the uneducated, the uneducated of the, of the world. The only thing that is standing in the way of damnation is the church. And our responsibility as children of God is to be the defense to all that is right and to be that unified front in order to keep Satan away. This this evening I want to talk about unity. Unity must exist among God's people or He won't accept our worship to Him. Look at Psalms chapter 133. Psalms chapter 133 we read, Behold, how good and how pleasant is it for the brethren to dwell together in unity! It is like the pre- the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessings, even life, forevermore. You know, st- David states here positively what all Christians pray for continually that the brethren may dwell together in unity we desire it we pray for it God wants it God wants unity among his children David explicitly implies that this unity should exist among God's people when it does there's unity in sentiment unity in feelings unity in effort unity and teachings we've read in times past of what paul wrote to the church in corinth let's look at first corinthians chapter one. 1 corinthians chapter one starting in verse 10 we read now i beseech you brethren by the name of our lord jesus christ that ye all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment for it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am Cephas, and I am, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? I thank that God. I thank God that I baptize none of you, but. Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not the wisdom of words, lest the cross, the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. You know, Paul wrote here about the division of the church there in Corinth. And they had Strife at that time talking about who, who they were saved by. And they had this division of the different ones that they had talked about, of being saved of, of Paul or Apollos or Christ. And he points these things out. In that that unity was missing at this time in Corinth. It seems that most have failed to understand what Paul wrote later down in that chapter about that dependence on human nature. If you drop down to verse number 20, in verse 21, there in 1 Corinthians 1, we read, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of the preaching to save them that believe. There's this dependence on human nature. or There's a dependence as humans to rely on the wisdom of the world. And it's even more relevant nowadays with everything that we have just in the palm of our hand. We rely on things. How often do you go Google something? I know for me, I do it on a daily basis. But we have all this technology and we have all this knowledge at, the t- at our fingertips, and we become dependent upon those things. And everywhere you look, you see the negativity and the evilness that can abound of, abound of that. But we focus upon that wisdom of the world in order to advance the cause of Christ instead of relying on the wisdom of God to fulfill his will we've been given the word and that is what we should rely on that is where the wisdom that holds our salvation is contained Paul pleaded to the church there in verse number 10 that this division would be non-existent in them but to be unified in that mind and in that judgment this is not how we should be today. Is this not how we should be today? In a uniform fashion and having division and strife set aside from us. We should focus upon that unity that we can have within. We cannot have fellowship in the world. In the, in the We cannot have fellowship in the word And have worship in the Lord if we do not have unity as a whole. The things that we teach, the practices that we partake in, must coincide with one another. If we teach one thing and we practice something else, what does it benefit? For example, if we teach acceptance and repentance for the lost, but then we look down on certain individuals... Does that make it unity or is that hypocritical? We must be able to be able to practice what we teach. There can be no unity between brethren in the church, no fellowship, no continuing purpose except we be perfected together upon the divine word of God. Look at first John chapter 1 and verse 7. John chapter 1 and verse 7. We read, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light That all men through him might believe There's only one light There's only one path that we are to follow And that is the way of Christ Christ wasn't wishy-washy on what he, what he chose to teach And we can't be either We can't take, take things from the word And not follow that whole word of God Look at Revelations chapter 3. Revelations chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou, I would thou work cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew, spew thee out of, the, out of my mouth. We know how God feels about being in the middle of the road. He would rather, he'd rather us follow his teachings or not at all. There's no middle of the road, no middle ground that we can have. We must be a unified front in all we do and not pick and choose what we want to follow and what we are what we're going to ignore. Look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9. We read. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. We're to follow after the things that we've been taught through the Word of God, the whole Word of God. Not just the pieces that we want to follow, but the entire Word of God is what we are to, what we are to teach and what we are to study. And we're to be an example of that to those of the world. If we allow those things to take root into our lives and have that unified front, the rest of the world will see that. We'll be that defense against Satan when Satan comes beating at the door. To substitute our own humanism for those things that we have learned from the Word of God is to reject the Word of God. Unity will not please God unless it's, unless it is unity on the on those things commanded by him we contend that though we contend that those who preach unity while maintaining divisive or evil practices and insisting to have fellowship with them does not bring unity to the church but but will condemn those who teach those who teach and act in this manner Is like that old saying that we've grown up with, do as I say and not as I do. There's there's those that are out there that are teaching that don't want to go by what they are teaching. They don't want to they don't want to see the true light of God. But they want to spread that light, but they don't want to follow by it on their own. Those who teach and act in this manner can never have unity. This is done with the, with the justification of such practices only come from bending and manipulating the Word of God to suit themselves and their objections. They are not disciples indeed and in any truth that they preach is not the truth of God. And, they, and that will not bring us salvation. The church was established by the Lord and was furnished with everything pertaining to life and godliness that we need. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 and 4. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath Called us to the glory and virtue, whereby given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped corruption that is in the world through lust. <clears throat> by being children of God, we have escaped the corruption of this world. So, then, so why then do so many congregations allow evil to creep in? In the world today, there are, there are so many so-called Christian religions that have ignored the simple teachings of Christ. And have allowed the world to enter in and jeopardize entire denominations, entire congregations. For example some have been began have begun accepting homosexuality to be open in the church some have accepted women preaching in the church These are major conflicts and conflicts in God's word but this is just the tip of the iceberg Do you think that these congregations and these churches believed in this on a, as a whole I very highly doubt it. This is the complete opposite type of unity that we should have. But instead, have a unified front to keep Satan out of the church. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 12, we read... For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and have the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We were all given different talents so that we could all be the unity of faith and be edified by the body of Christ. If we were all the same, that unity would not be possible. But we were all created differently. We all have a different set of skills and talents that we bring to the church, bring to the family of God. And it's by bringing those things together and having that unified faith, having that common faith, that brings us to a pleasing worship of God. No congregation or number of congregations can ever achieve this unity until every individual has attained that unity of faith and has acquired that knowledge of the Son of God. To attain the unity of faith, we must unite on God's Word. The only tools that we have that God has given us is the Word in the church. In all honesty, that's, that's what we have to go off of. We have the faith and belief in God, and we have His Word to be able to study. It doesn't matter how many comment, commentaries you read, how many podcasts you listen to, we have the Word of God. We have to be unified on what, that word, what we believe and what we read in that Word of God. If something is contrary to that, throw it out. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 in verse number starting in verse number four we read there is one body in one spirit even as we are called in one hope of your calling one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of christ You know, one thing that stands out in this set of scripture is the word one. There's one God, there's one faith, there's one Christ. There's one worship. There's not multiples. One is unified. Two, three, four is not. We have to understand that we have that unified front. Whenever we come to worship and know that Christ is the only way to salvation. There are no multiple bodies or face or types of baptism, but there's only one true way. We're all in different stages in our spiritual lives and our spiritual growth. It takes the more advanced to help teach those that are babes in Christ. But with unified teaching and with unified faith, we can all come together as that unified front against Satan. When we use these things properly, we can all speak the same things and we can be in unison with one another. To participate in more than this is, and allow worldly teachings to enter in will not produce scriptural unity. In closing, I want to read Philippi- read part of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse number 13. <clears throat> Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, Let us therefore, as many as as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything, ye be otherwise minded. God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind by the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk, so as ye have us for an example." For many walk of whom I have told you often and now telling, tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Paul has great advice for us here. As we've noted, it's to be like-minded and followers together in Christ. By being unified together as a whole, we allow our example to shine forth to those that we're around. And those that are against that cross of Christ will soon weed themselves out. They'll make themselves known. We all all have strife. We will have strife within our family, within our church from time to time, we'll disagree on things, but we must be able to talk to one another. We must be able to look into God's word and settle those things as they come about. We have to be able to put away petty differences. How many churches have you seen that split apart because of the color of a songbook or the color of a pew? Those are the things that we must stay cautious of and not allow those petty things to creep in. We are human and we all, we each have our own minds and many interpret the scriptures a little differently. But with that study and prayer and supplication, unity is possible. I believe our congregation is very unified but as we continue to grow, as we work into the, work in the community, we have to be cautious of those things. This, earth, this world is ever-changing, and there's more and more things creeping up on a daily basis. And we have to watch out. We have to teach our children. We have to watch those things that are coming about so that we can strive to keep those things out of the out of our church and out of our families this is all i have to say have to say this this evening we haven't spoke on the first principles if there's one that has been taught we ask you to come forward at this time if there's one that would like to have the prayers of the church we ask you to come forward as we stand and sing the song of invitation